Are you a part of a family? Raise your hand if you're part of a family. All right, who's not raising their hand? Come on now. Come on. Everybody's part of a family. Okay. If you're a parent, raise your hand. All right, that's awesome. Now, I realize what I just did there was maybe hurtful to some because there's some that would really like to be parents and just aren't yet. Wait on the Lord for that. He is a good God, and he has perfect plans for you, right? We understand, we empathize, right? We hurt with people that are hurting. And even as I had, some people are like, I want to raise my hand so badly. And um, I just want to acknowledge, right? You're still a part of the family, right? God's still at work in your life. It's coming. Just wait for it. Okay, now, how many of you are children? Come on! You're all children. If you don't want to participate in church, I understand. Sit on your hands. But, okay, we're all children. And so this message, I mean, last week and the week before, is like, hey, husbands, wives. But, I mean, this message is for everybody, all right? I'm going to get in the weeds on, on parents and children, what it means to be a godly parent, a godly children, uh, child. So go ahead and flip over your Bible where we left off, Ephesians chapter 6. We're in the last chapter of Ephesians. Woo! One more relationship restart message, and then we're going to get to our final series. I'm pretty excited about that. Am I the only one? Or are you just busy turning? Oh, that's what it is. Okay. I was like, man, there's no energy on that. They're not excited about the last series. You don't even need to do it. All right. How to be a godly family. How to be a godly family. If you want to know how to be a godly, how many parenting books are there? Anybody have an idea? I got two shelves full. I mean, literally, bookshelves. Two, one, two. I'm not even sure that's counting devotional books, right? I mean, there's just a plethora. It's fun to say. Go ahead and say it. Yeah, it's fun to say. There's just abundance of books on parenting. I thought about bringing some of my favorites, and then I'm like, no, no. I brought my favorite book on parenting. This is it. Like, you should spend some time in this book. So you start with the word if you want to know how to be a godly parent, if you want to know how to be a godly child, you start with this book. You can read everything else and not get it. This is the book that has it, okay? Um, Let's just start in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, we're on topic. Everybody's listening now. Obey your parents in the Lord. There's a gospel element. For this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. You can write this down in the margin. I'll state it later. Exodus 20, verse 12. That's where it's stated. Deuteronomy 5.16 as well, when the Ten Commandments are restated, that it may go well with you, there's the promise, and that you may live long in the land. The land was the land of Israel, Jericho, uh, you know, the promised land. Um, But, you know, when we zoom out where we're at, we're like, well, where's the land? Well, it's Cleveland, of course. No, that's not the land. Sorry, sports fans would have got that. Everybody else is like, what did he just say? He ta- did he throw a Cleveland in there? Yeah, I did. Sorry. Enough sports illustrations, no more. Okay. The land isn't us getting in a building, although that'd be awesome, right? The land isn't, the land is heaven, right? For us, we're like, come on. <laughs> I want to live long on the earth, but hey, I want to go home. <laughs> and so, 
but spiritual for us at that point. Last verse, verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Another gospel element. So discipline and instruction, good words to highlight. Obey and honor, good words to highlight. Let me pray as we dig in. Father, this is a great passage of Scripture, and uh, thank you for the fact that you gave me a good babysitter that taught me this a long time ago. God, memorizing these verses have meant the world to me and have been awesome in applying your truth to my life. And I pray that over every person that's here. I pray that this passage would just come alive. I pray that obedience and honor and parents, mothers, fathers, and discipline and instruction would all be much clearer and that we would have things go well with us. We realize that suffering is a real thing and we are called to suffer in this earth. We don't believe in a prosperity gospel, Father. But we also know that You are in control and that You love us and You have what's best for us in mind and that we are going to live If we're believers in Jesus Christ, we're going to live with you for eternity. Woo! I can't wait, God. Come get us. The Spirit and the Bride say come. And I pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's start with godly parents. Um, It's out of order. I know the children are first and you're all children. But like, you know, this, this hierarchy, right? This like parents, right, are supposed to be over... Uh, authority uh, of, of kids, right? And so let's start with the parents first. Let's pick on them first. Um, remember that verse 21 of chapter 5 was our theme uh, for all of these relationships, submitting to one another out of reverence for Jesus Christ, right? Okay, so parents first, godly parents, one point, this is it. If you do this, it'll be awesome. You're like, give it to me, give it to me quick. <laughs> Train your children. You have to train your children. Training is hard. Have you ever trained for a marathon? Isn't Med City Marathon coming up? Isn't it coming up? Nobody knows because nobody's training. Okay, who's training for Med City Marathon? Come on, get it up there. A little pride time. Anybody? I'm not, that's for sure. Nobody? Wow, we'd have no runners in our church. I've heard training is grueling for a marathon or even a half marathon. I've never done it because it's grueling. But parenting's grueling too. It's hard work. And you can apply yourself and you could train and you could train your kids or, or you don't have to, right? And then it reaps even worse dividends, Okay. Train your child. This one thing, train your child. And it is hard, but I'm going to give you two words. The scripture gives you two words. So look at verse, I mean, you have in verse 1, parents, right? You have in verse 2, father and mother. Correct? Do you see it there? I'm not lying, am I? I mean, it's right there in the word, right? Okay. And then you have this last verse, verse 4, it says fathers. Clearly it says fathers. That word, when it's used, is fathers. It's easy. That was good. Um, but, but it also can be used, right, 
of fathers and mothers, right? So, so what Paul's saying, he's, in, he's talking to a society where the wives and the kids don't matter as much. I'm just saying, that's not true today. Everybody's equal. We're really, really, really concerned with that, right? And so the last two weeks was kind of hard. Uh, but everybody's equal. Everybody's on equal playing for equal rights for everyone. We're in a different culture than they were, right? So just know that. So when it says fathers, we want to be like, yeah, dad, you better listen up. It's, it's parents. It's fathers and parents. Most commentators agree. Moms, you listen up too. It's for all of us, okay? So fathers, mothers, parents, all of us. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Discipline. I want to talk about this. Discipline has to do with actions, right? Actions. And it's a bit negative. Discipline. Anybody think discipline's negative? Okay, you guys are not talking back to me today, and I'm not okay with that. You obviously are, so okay, you're rebuked. Good. All right, like, isn't it negative, discipline? You're like, self-discipline. I don't want to do that. I want to eat ice cream all day. Like, discipline's a negative thing. I don't know what world you live in, what galaxy you're in, but you need to flip a script because, like, it's, I don't want to be disciplined. I want to do whatever I want whenever I want to do it. So discipline's a bit negative, right? As in, and it's an action. As in when your mom gives you the stink eye, you ever had that? Yeah, it's a bit negative, like, whoop, right? She gives you the look. You know, she's like, on it. Or when your dad lays down the law, when he's like, here's a word for you. You better stop that now. You get it? That's a discipline. Um, sometimes people give you a timeout. That's a kind of trendy new thing. I'm going to put you in timeout. All right, that's cool. I mean, that could be negative. The kid's definitely like, not wanting that, go in the corner. And then they're spanking. <gasps> he said that. I did. I said it. It's in the Word of God. Um, it says the rod in the Word of God or discipline, but it's, it's, it's spanking, right? And so these are, that kind of is a negative connotation today in this life, in this world, right? We don't spank. We don't do that. We would never harm our kids. Well, I don't think spanking means you're harming your kids. I don't believe that. I would never want to harm my kid. But spanking's a real thing. If you have a problem with that, um, you might want to read these verses. Get your pen out. Start writing. I'm not going to teach on spanking today. That's not the message. Just saying, right? Short topic. Um, but Proverbs 13:24 speaks very clearly. Proverbs 19:18, Proverbs 22:15, Proverbs 23. 14 through 15, all speak very clearly about the rod and discipline and, and spanking, so to speak. All right. This, I'll just say this last. Have you ever heard Psalm 23? Anybody? It's like the most quoted thing in all of Scripture besides John 3.16. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod was used to break a lamb's leg and then the shepherd would carry the lamb on his, on his neck until it healed because the lamb kept wandering off. And the staff, your rod and your staff, the staff was 
little hook. You're like, oh, no, not there, over here. Okay, right here, okay? So these are two things that we quote often in Psalm 23. Do we really know what they mean? And so just enough on that. Discipline's kind of a negative thing. Hebrews chapter 12 speaks of this. Uh, you could just flip over because I think it's really good to get in, in this right quick. Hebrews chapter 12 I'm going to catch you up on it while you're turning over there, Hebrews chapter 12. It says, uh, we're surrounded by such a great a cloud of witnesses after Hebrews 11 with the faith chapter, the hall of faith. He says, run with endurance. He says, uh, Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith. He says, consider Jesus who endured. You have not suffered to the point of death or shedding of blood. Like, whoop, okay. And then he sets it all up like, hey, you haven't died yet. Only one person's been crucified. It wasn't you, right? And then he gets to this, verse 5. And, you, and have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? We're all children, right? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. If God doesn't love you, he'll stop disciplining you. He'll just stop it. He'll just like stop communicating altogether. This is how you know God loves you, because he never does that. He keeps coming. He keeps coming and coming and coming and coming. Sometimes it hurts a little bit, but he's always coming. It is for discipline that you have endured, that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons, as, as sons that he loves and daughters that he loves. For what son is there whom the, his father does not discipline? Well, that was great when they wrote Hebrews, but now you're like, well, there's a million. I mean, I think there's a ton of people that don't discipline their kids. But he's in the Jewish culture, and he's like, knows the law, and he's like, people die for talking back to their family, right? People get stoned, you know, when they lip off to their parents. You're like, what? That was the law. So he's talking to the Jewish people, and they're like, yeah, they, every son gets disciplined, and it, the punishment fits the crime. If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. This is so clear. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to fathers, to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. I want to just stop there because... I sat at a wedding with a guy who, I don't know how to describe it, like he had a big problem with me talking about children obeying their parents and a big, but I'm talking about it because I'm going to preach it today. He had a big problem with me talking about wives being submissive to their husbands. Um, he didn't really understand. And he said, what about the kid that's getting beat up at home? What about that kid? And just, just chill on this now a second. Who is Paul talking to? Is Paul talking to the whole world? People that beat their kids? Paul is not talking to those people. right? Let's just get our theology correct. Paul is talking to believers. And every believer should be handling their kids with the love of Christ. Not perfectly, but progressing. Please, Lord. <laughs> 
And so let's just keep it in mind. Like, we're not saying, like, hey, some guy that's beating his kids, and kids, you need to obey him. That's ludicrous. That's not even smart. I'm not saying that, right? And the Word of God's not saying that. He's talking to believers who he assumes are being godly parents and disciplined and training their kids in the Lord, right? That's, that's the key. Okay, just don't lose that as I keep talking, no? Um, but he disciplines us for our good, this is God, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Can I get an amen? Yes, it does. All right? But later, it yields the peaceful, the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. That's the point, isn't it? See, we should be trained by discipline. And so guys, gals, husbands, you need to lead in this. You need to discipline your kids. That's part of the training process. If you don't know how to discipline your kid, read the scriptures. If that's not practical enough for you, Get a good book like Dare to Discipline by James Dobson or there's tons of other books out there, right? But always, whatever you read, by the word of God, right? Counsel it by the word of God. I've given you some good scriptures there. Secondly, instruction. Discipline and instruction. This is how you train your children. Instruction's a bit more positive. Use words, okay? Not a measuring stick, uh, a little uh, ruler or something. You know, use words, um, Use your words. Teach them. Explain. This is the right way. This is the way you do this. Right? This is how we live. This is how God's word teaches us to live. And you guide them with your words and you show them by your lifestyle. You instruct them. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it. This is why discipline and instruction are so important. You want your kid to turn out? This is not a promise. This is a proverb, okay? So don't claim it as a promise. It's a proverb. A proverb is a wise man, Solomon, wisest man besides Jesus on the earth, saying, this is the way it usually is. If you discipline your kid and train your kid, according to the scriptures, it's probably going to work out for you. And that's a great thing. It most likely, most of the time, when they're old, they will not depart from it. I've witnessed that to be true. So this counsel from the word of God is so important. You want to tell your kids about the Bible. You want to tell them, this is what I'm learning in the Bible. This is the life lessons I have. This is the experiences I've had where I've failed. Don't do this. One of the big ways I've talked to my boys, uh, 13 and 15, is I've been like, hey, pornography, man. Stay away from it. I learned that lesson. You don't want to go down that road, right? And that's part of instructing them. Don't do this. It doesn't work out right. Satan will say it's awesome, and then you get down that road, and it will hurt you hard. And he's chuckling, and you're face down in the ditch. It's not good. So whatever experiences you have where you've been upside down in the ditch, then don't like hide that from your kids. Oh, I'm perfect. They can't relate to that. They know better. Like, use your life experiences, your failures, to, to help them 
instruct them. All right, there's a parallel passage here, Colossians 3.21. I'm just going to throw it on the screen real quick. Um, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. I just want to say one thing about this, do not provoke. Do not provoke. So provoke is an interesting word. It means kind of like to fan the flame. So you ever seen one of these? This is like fire starter. These work really well. If you get this lit, it's going up. But if you add nothing to it, it's going to fizzle out quick. So you have to fan the flame right? So you might add this to it, right? And then you might add this to it, right? And then you might add this to it, right? Like, this is how you're going to instruct your kids. You're going to start with the little things, and then you're going to give them a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. In a positive way, Eli, this is when your dad, like, when it's bedtime and mom's like, get to bed, your dad will be like, chasing you around and stirring you up and blowing on the flame and getting you all wound up tight. And then mom's like, go to bed. You know, at least that's how it happens at our house, not at yours. I'm tickling them. And you know, that in a positive way, that's, that's what we're talking about. You stir them up, right? You stir them up. Well, you can also do that negatively. You can exasperate. You can, you can like really get your kids pretty discouraged. And you don't want to do that. This last thought on, on that regard, we need to encourage them. We need to encourage our kids. I'm not that good at this. But I, I do know it needs to be done. You need to encourage your kids. You need to affirm your kids. Affirm them, right? It's so important. So let me, let me say this. Just by way of application, what is the focus or the center of your home? What's prominent in your home? If I asked your kids, hey kids, what's important at your house, at the Riley house, right? What's important at the Riley house? I know I've been there. Playing games is important, okay? Family's important. Those are good things. But what's important at your house? What would your kids say? What would you say is the focus of or the center of our house? That's telling. If I brought your kid up here and asked him, (laughs) not doing that. (laughs) Um, This is something we instruct our kids in. We have what we call Diedrich Family Values. I'm just going to throw them on the screen. You don't have to copy ours. Um, My sister was nice enough to write them out. They're on our wall in our dining room and kitchen, whatever. And and so if you ever come over, you'll just see them right up there. The kids are like all about it. I haven't asked my kids enough. I was just thinking about that as I was preparing this message. I was like, I need to ask them again what they are. So second service, when one of my kids is in here, I'm going to ask them. And uh, they're going to be put on the spot. It'll be fun to see how embarrassed I am. We'll go with it. Love God, family first, okay? Work hard. That's a huge value in our house. Always tell the truth, okay? Be kind. Every one of these has a verse attached to it, right? We just added these two in the last, since we've been to Harvest Rochester. Um, Obey right away. (laughs) And I gotta tell you, humility is the key to all this. If you don't do this with humility, you're just doing it. You're not being it. Humility is the key. So these are our family values. This is what's central at our house, is what's important. I think my kids would also say the word of God is pretty important at our house. Like dad's going to ask you, did you read the word today? He's going to say, gather up, grab your Bible. Like that's important to us. 
Sports is important to us. You know, there's other things too. Don't make it all spiritual. But what is it? That's the question on the table. Maybe you would spend some time thinking about that by way of application. Am I training my kids and how am I training them? What is your plan to teach and train your child? We as a church are very concerned about that. As a matter of fact, we've commissioned Chris and uh, Matt's been working on some too. I've been all about it. It's like, what are some milestones that a family needs to put down? We get somebody, a new believer or something was like, what do we do with our kids? What are the check boxes, right? And they're not check boxes. They're not to do's, they're to be's, right? But what are we supposed to be like? What's our family supposed to be like? What's a godly family look like? And so we're working on that behind the scenes. We're, 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 I can't give you much of it, but like four different classes, maybe parenting 101, 201, 301, 401, different age groups and going after it and what kind of is attached to that. When should we be telling our kids the gospel? Always. <laughs> when should we be expecting them to understand it? Right? What's parent-child dedication? What, what good is reading the Bible? How often should we expect our kids to read the Bible? Like, we're coming up with a plan. We're going to try. It's not like a one-size-fits-all, but we think it's a most-size, you know, like it, it'll, it'll, it's godly. We're coming up with that, okay? Call it spiritual milestones. We're not sure. We're not branded it yet. We're just in the phase of, of getting it all together. Just expect it to be coming soon, maybe in the fall, and we're really excited to bring it out because training your child is so important. One last thing about this. It is your responsibility to train your child. It is not my responsibility to train your child. It is not the church or the children's ministry responsible to train your child. We are happy to come alongside you. We are happy to support you and help. But it's your job. God Almighty has said, Dad, Mom, you train your child. I just want to be clear about that. Because sometimes the church tries to do what they shouldn't do. And this isn't our role. Our role is to help you train your child in the Lord. Just clear? It's clear to church? It's good stuff. Okay. Godly children. Godly children. Just a couple minutes now on godly children. This is going to be really contrite and easy, and you're going to be like, I didn't need to come to church for this. But it's just the truth, all right? I mean, it's just godly children, obey your parents. I remember Linda Rinalda, right? My babysitter taught me this thing, right? I'm like, my mom's off selling Tupperware. Linda Rinalda's in our house, and she's like, Open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Let's memorize this. And we memorized it. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, that it may go well with you, right? Well, this is the first commandment with promise. That it may go well with you, right? And that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of Lord King James. Okay. I'm just telling you, like, like, there's so many times in my life where I didn't want to obey. But the authority of God's word was like, obey. Obey. Okay, God, if I believe you're real, I need to obey. And so as a child of God, these verses are so important. You need to obey. Even when it doesn't feel good? Yep. Even when it's hard? Yep. Now again, remember, 
Children, obey your parents. It's just like I said with husbands and wives last week, right? Like, wives, you submit to your husband, but you do not disobey Jesus Christ, right? Kids, children, you obey your father, your mother, but you do not disobey Jesus Christ. If they tell you to do something against the word of God, no, right? Don't do it. That's just so clear to me. He's talking to believers. Children, obey your parents. So let's just go after two, two things here. Why obey? Why should I obey? Okay, I wrote down four reasons from the text why should obey. The first one is in the Lord. It's gospel-centered, right? The gospel says I should obey my parents. Look at Jesus on the cross. Who's he obeying? He's obeying his father. Did it cost him anything? A ton. Right? This is the gospel. We obey our father. It's the gospel. Sometimes it hurts to obey. We do it. It's the gospel. Turn the other cheek. Right? Obey God. Turn the other cheek. Okay. Great. That's going to hurt. You mean they hit me on one side and they're going to hit me on the other? Yeah. And you know what's coming? Yeah. Why would I turn the other cheek? Because that's what God says to do. That's just one example. There's so many in Scripture. Okay, this second reason, right in the text, this is right. This is right. This is a natural law, right? This is just nature tells us that parents, they love and nurture, but they also expect children to obey, Right? Even in the animal kingdom, it's like, obey, right? But we're humans, above the animals, praise the Lord. Um, it's right, it's natural for parents who are older and wiser, okay? I'm 43, my wife's 42. I just gave away her age. That was a bad idea. All right. My oldest son is 15. How can a 15-year-old with 15 years of experience think that he knows more than 85 years combined? Don't know, but it's a real thing. <laughs> right? I mean, as elders, right, sometimes we deal with people and we're like trying to deal so lovingly, but I get out of the room and I'm just like, that was so crazy. This person with like this much time in the Lord and these elders with this much time in the scriptures and it's like, you know something we don't know and you're telling us, like, teach us, please, but like, that's weird. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So, I'm not saying you never teach anybody that knows more than you, but like, give me gravy, right? So, there's a natural thing. There's a natural thing. Okay, so, it is right. And then this, it is commanded by God. Look at that. End of verse 2 there. This is the first commandment. It is commanded by God. It's the law. Here, let me throw a couple verses on there for you. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and mother one of the Ten Commandments, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. They had not even got it yet. There's like, God's giving it to you. It's a done deal. And you're going to stay there until you don't honor your parents anymore. Hmm, Babylon. You know, there's a few captivities in there, right? Uh, they must not have been honoring their parents. Okay, then it says in Deuteronomy 5.16, honor your father and mother as the Lord, your God, commanded you that your days may be long 
and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Then he restates it in the New Testament here in Ephesians 5. And a parallel passage, Colossians chapter 3. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. If you want to see God smile, Vivian, if you want to see God smile, obey your parents. Because he's going to be like, eh. it pleases the Lord when you obey. It's so cool, right? Lucas, you got that? You want to see mom smile? That's awesome. Obey. But you want to see God, your father, smile? Obey. That's even better, right? And to know that your father in heaven is like pleased with your behavior is amazing. All right, this last thing, it brings blessing. It brings blessing. Doesn't he say that right here? He says that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. It brings best blessing. Obedience brings blessing. We say these things. Obedience brings blessing. That's a harvestism. You know what else we say? Choose to sin, choose to suffer. If you choose to sin, you choose to suffer. There are consequences. But God's covering it. That's right. God's covering. You're going to stand before God, and, and you know, as long as you're a believer in Jesus Christ, I get it. Like, blood of Christ covers you. That's awesome. But the human consequences are still there. Trust me. You're still going to feel the emotional effects of having sex before marriage. It's still, maybe even some physical effects, Right? You're still going to feel it. Choose to sin, choose to suffer, even though you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Obedience brings blessing. There's a warning about disobedience to parents and that it's rebellion against God, and it's included with a lot of other things. Just write down these two passages. I'm not going to take you there because I've used a lot of Scripture today. But write down these two passages and go read them and be like, whoa, I must obey. I do not want to be in that category with those people. Right? Here it is. Romans 1, 28 through 32, and 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, which says in the last days, this is what's going to happen. We're there, okay? Just trust me, okay? 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. This is a big deal. Obedience is a big deal. Why obey? I gave you four reasons, and it's a big deal. Okay, second subpoint under obey your parents. He makes a big deal to say the word honor here. He could have just left it at obey, right? But here's the deal. Obedience deals with right actions while honor deals with the attitude in which the action's done. Have you ever told your kid to go clean their room? <clears throat> they push everything under the bed and they come back, done. Like, that was not honor. Great obedience without any honor, Okay? Just telling you. So how do I honor my parents? Because a lot of you are older, right, children. How do you honor your parents? Because you need to honor them no matter what age. Obey, right, for a while, for a time. Well, if they're godly, you probably obey them because they know not to tell you to do something stupid the rest of their life, right? But honor, honor goes forever. So let me give you five things uh, how do I honor my parents? Here's five things I wrote down. Hey, here's a good guy. Uh, if you want to learn more about this, because I know you probably want to. This is one message, and it could be 10. Um, Tim Challies is a blogger. I don't do blogs, but when I was doing some research on this, this guy's done a ton on parenting, right? Like, he's like, six things for that, seven things for that, this, that, this, that, this, that. I'm like, dude, I could be here all day. It's amazing and very biblical. So Tim Challies, C-H-A-L-L-I-E-S. 
great blogging. Okay, if you like that kind of thing. How do I honor my parents? One, you forgive. You forgive. God's not finished with your parents, just like he's not finished with you. You're going to have to forgive them. They're going to be a knucklehead someday, right? They're going to be a sinner. Hopefully they repent, right? But you need to forgive them. Okay, two, respect them. Speak well of them publicly and privately. I have a book called The Tribute. I did a tribute for both my dad right before he passed and, and my mom, right? And I wanted to say publicly at Christmas before all my siblings, this is what I believe about mom and dad. This is how I want to honor them. I want to encourage them with my words, affirm them and what they've done and who I am in them, right? And so I would just recommend that. I know I've said that before. Has anybody done that? Has anybody done a tribute for their parents? Awesome. Good job. I just recommend that. It's a great way to honor your parents. And you can go look up that book too, okay? It's called The Tribute. Okay, listen. If you want to honor your parents, listen to them. You don't have to do what they say, older kids. But would you listen? That's an honoring thing to do. Just listen. Do you have any wise advice for me, Dad? I mean, if you're a parent of young kids, you're running to your parents to ask them for advice. I mean, you're just like, please tell me what to do right now. I have no idea what I'm doing. Listen, seek wisdom. Um, if you don't have godly parents, because that's true too, right? Your parents might not be godly, they might not know the Lord, and you don't want to do, have anything to do with their kind of parenting style. True? Okay, one true. Okay. I mean, I'm just, more of you feel that way than, than we'll admit it, but it's true. Read Proverbs. Proverbs has so many wise things to say about a relationship with a father and a son. My son, listen! My son, listen! My son, listen! Right? So read Proverbs, and it's great stuff. I have everything in Proverbs that has to do with relationships with father and son, mother and whatever, like highlighted in pink, and it's just like you can get to it quickly. It's good for you to know that. For obey. Obey right away, all the way with joy, right? We already covered that, uh, enough on that. And then five, support. Do you know what are the greatest fears of a gray-haired person? That their parents won't take care of them, or that their kids won't take care of them. That the kids won't spend time with them. Like all the time and energy this parent has poured into the kid. And the kid's like, yeah, doing my own thing now. I don't have a category for that. It's time now to help parent back, right? My dad, I used to go and put his socks on, you know? It was a hard job and get him up, and get him at the table, and have a good conversation. It's like, I, I would pay good money to do that again today, <laughs> right? And I think it's just a way you, you support them. Sometimes you have to support your, your parents financially, but definitely you have to love and care for them emotionally, right? Mentally, care for them spiritually, pray for them if they're not saved. All that to be said, um, I've said a lot of words, and hopefully it's all been helpful, but let me just say this. Parent and children alike, okay? I'm sure we look at the Bible today, and, and there's some regrets. That's why we call it relationship restart. There's some regrets. Man, I wasn't the best kid I could have been. I didn't obey my parents sometimes. I despised them at times. I'm not always a great parent to my kids. And there's some regret there. There's certain moments 
with my oldest Noah in particular that I just wish I could take back. I just wish, I could just beg God, I wish I could take that back. One particular moment with Tate, I remember when he was a little, little small, like, I just wish I could take that, that back. I can't do it. And then it takes years to recover from that. Then do the time to recover. I'm sure there's some regrets. I wish I could do this over. I need a restart. And I just got to say to you today, there's no better way for us to restart. There's no better way for us to go back at it again than to remember the cross and all that Jesus came to redeem. So we're going to take communion to end today. I want you to spend some time with the Lord. If there's some regrets, maybe you need to text your mom and dad. Maybe to have to talk with your kid today. Maybe you need to go and talk with your child and say, hey, you know, please forgive me for the way I acted that way. I want to be much more tender and loving to you. Whatever it is that you need a do-over on, don't just have it be a do-over inside. Communicate it, right? Communicate it to your parent. Communicate it to your child. Have the conversation that needs to be had because you know the truth you know. So I'm just going to turn to Matthew and just read this passage and then we'll sing and as we sing you guys take communion and restart with the Lord and then go do the application you need to do. Now as they were eating Jesus took bread and after breaking it he broke it and after blessing it he broke it breaking it he broke it that was really that was really clever. <laughs> after blessing it he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said Take, eat. This is my body. See, Jesus is just offering himself up for you, for your sin. Hey, take it, eat it. It's okay. It's my body. I was ripped apart for you so you could come to the Father. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. So if you're here today and you've never drank, from the well that we're talking about, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please do that before you take communion. You don't even know what this means until you do that. Accept Jesus Christ. His blood is the payment for your sin, even the sin against your parent or your kid. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that it's washed away And he says, I won't, I won't do this. I won't eat and drink again. And I won't drink this again until I drink it with you at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Can't you wait for that day? I just can't wait for that day. But until then, I'm going to do what he says because I want to be an obedient child. He says, remember me. And he says in 1 Corinthians 11, examine yourself so that you won't eat or drink in an unworthy manner. We all know we're unworthy, right, to eat or drink. But if we come with sin, blatant sin, if we come with unconfessed sin, we are not doing well in eating or drinking today. I would rather wait and not eat or drink until my heart was right. So take some time to get your heart right as we sing. And when you're ready, drink and eat. Let me give thanks over that. Jesus Christ, thank you for your example how you give thanks even over your own body and your own blood.
And now we're so thankful that through you, through your flesh being ripped apart, we can enter into the presence of the Holy Father. Through your blood, we're washed clean, and we can be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't imagine the sacrifice you made, and we can't wait to see you face to face and to know how much you love us. We want to be good children. We want to be great parents. Help us, God. We need to restart. We need to restart in this relationship with you and with our kids and with our parents. And we pray that you'll give it to us. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.